Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Let's go! From the IMLD Home Studios, in its ninth season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Your football party is live with your hosts, Jay and Dre. Hola, como esta, como Hey everybody, I'm back from Mexico. Bienvenidos, welcome in. You've got In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Wednesday night, September the 22nd, 2021. I'm Dre, he's Jay. I'm feeling good. I'm back from Cancun. My trip didn't go nearly as terrible as most trips usually go. So if you came to hear me complain and bitch and moan, eh, there's a little of that, but Actually, very good, very good trip uh, overall. So I'm, I'm very glad about that. I'm happy to be back home and here talking some shop, talking some football and catching up with week one and two. And Jay, first, want to thank you and the Cute Factors for hosting In My Stead last weekend. That, uh, that show was a thing. I still don't know what happened. But we 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 put the we put the mic on the table and uh, it was the old fashioned you know it was the the blue microphone that I used to use when I did the show downstairs when I had some you know nice carpeted area and relative peace and quiet um, and so we just all sat around and it, boy yeah it was it was forty some minutes of just those kids unfiltered and just the random stuff that they came up with what in, in interspersed with me trying to actually like get the picks out of the way was uh yeah I'm glad you're back <laughs> that was probably the funniest part to me was you trying to seriously spit out the stuff that I was uh talking about in, in my notes that I sent you with my picks and trying to address those things and, and figure out in which way you want to go and what we're differing on uh, in between your daughter talking about her uh, Fortnite uh, adventures and mm-hmm. your, your son talking about God knows what just, yeah, it was, it was very yeah. random. It's exactly what you would expect from, from two children pretty much. Yeah, it was, it was perfect. You know, I just didn't really want to just sit here and just talk football by myself. That wouldn't have just wouldn't have been very exciting. Just reading off the picks and trying to, expand on things and, and then just go over basically what you sent me for most teams was less than a sentence, you know, yeah. and try to make that into a compelling radio for, you know, the hour that we usually go. So, no, I was, uh, I was happy to have them here with me. They had, they had a blast. So they were you know, already at the end of the show. My daughter was asking if she could, you know, she wants to do this again. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they had fun. I'm, I'm, I think the fact that they had fun and the fact that they barely basically didn't talk any football at all during the football show, I think that goes hand in hand because if you made them talk a lot of football or try to talk some football, yeah. I don't think they would have had a lot of fun. 
yeah, the, the most they talked football was the Packers stink. Yep, I heard that a few you know, times. Because yeah. you know, after that first after that first showing they had, they were correct. <laughs> and that was another great part. Back playing uh, was the Packers Lions, and you asked your daughter who she wanted, and she said, "I want the Cubs." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's great. That that's the yeah. Key. Yeah, that, that's just the kind of stuff that you get, you know, live and unfiltered. Right. And then my daughter wow. realized that she's got one of my old phones, so she didn't. So she's got the podcast app on there. So she's just sitting there the one day, and she's like, you know, listening to the show. And I was like, oh, that's good. You know, she was listening to the show with them on the radio. And then I realized that she was trying to listen to like our older shows, and I was like, "Ooh, uh, Uh-oh. no, 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 yeah, no, 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 yeah." Those you are know, not for children, especially considering that she spent half of the last show trying to get me to play the most inappropriate drops. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna figure those out. She's yeah. gonna it, everything yeah. is, is coming one day down the line. She's gonna hear those old shows and figure out how to listen to them. And yeah. she'll get back on this show and figure out the board and figure out the, the most inappropriate drops to play. All of it is, is coming. It, it's right around the corner, sooner than you yeah. think. Dad, play the most inappropriate sound uh-huh. drops. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> you know, which was yeah. hard. Because, I don't know. You couldn't really hear. If you listened really careful, and, and you, if you picked up on any of the conversation, that me and the cute factors were having because, because Grant had come back up and joined us right at the end of the show. You actually, you know, you hear me while the plugs are starting, you hear actually hear me. I'm like, Hey buddy, you can actually hear me. And then we're all talking <laughs> through the drop, through the, yep. through the plugs and uh, the whole conversation. I don't know if you caught any of it, but my daughter about 10, 20 seconds into it was telling me how boring it is. She's like, this is boring. <laughs> And it was me describing how if they're tired at night, I'm going to play the the plugs for them over and over and over. And I said, you know, so I'm just going to play them on a loop. And I said, don't worry, by the third time through, you'll be asleep. Dead sleep. Yeah. So that was the conversation that we were having in the background uh, over the over the plugs. No, I, you you weren't quite that loud where I could make out exactly what was being said, but I could tell there was a whole conversation being oh, had. Yeah. Outside of the plugs, just completely not paying attention to the plugs, which is fine. That's, that's understandable. Did you tell her that the recording the plugs was your damn idea to begin with? I did. I actually <laughs> did. I actually explained that whole bit during the two-minute plugs about how, you know, and she's asking me, because she's, she's like, is that is that Uncle Andre talking? I was like, yeah, that's Andre talking. I said, he used to do this live every show. And I finally just told him, I said, why don't you just record it? And I said, and then we use that time to, like, go get a drink or, you know, rest our throats, you know, because we don't have commercials or anything. So that's basically mm-hmm. our, our commercial break. So if she thinks that's boring, then she would think the entire show was boring and she wouldn't want to listen anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, they're not all boring. I don't, we, don't think we're, we don't think they're boring. We no. entertain ourselves uh, quite, I crack, quite. I crack me up. Yeah, I cracked me up too. Uh, but she wouldn't. She, she would listen for the inappropriate parts, and then everything else, she would be like, "This is yeah. very boring." <laughs> and about two thirds of the way through the show, Grant got exiled because um, he was just acting a fool. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, sitting still for an hour or plus yeah. to, to do that—that's yeah. not something kids are going to want to do. We wouldn't be sitting still if they had us try to sit there for an hour doing a talk show. 
and I'm trying to like make the picks and be semi serious, and then I got Trin mocking me and trying to make me laugh, and oh yeah, yeah. That actually reminds a, me of a this is a cakewalk compared to that. A slight kings of non secular. Uh, think about us at that age. What were we doing? Oh man, that was so uh, crazy as far as our body control. We couldn't control mm-hmm. ourselves. We couldn't sit still. You remember the spelling bee in fourth grade? <laughs> Remember, Miss Allen was just so angry because we would not sit still on oh, the stage. So yeah. this isn't just in the classroom, folks. This is imagine an, an auditorium yeah. full of people. We were we weren't taking it serious at all. We weren't taking it seriously at all. But we were so damn good and talented, if I may be so humble, that you get down to the last, you know, eight or six yeah. kids, and this group of fourth graders are are part of that mix. For the last, you know, I don't know how many of us were still in it. The fourth graders was definitely you, at least you and me, and I think yeah. Ernest, and might have been a couple of other of the fourth graders, and all the other, you know, upper kids. You know, the only one of the sixth grade at that point in time, but they were a lot more mature about it, and they're taking it seriously. And, and we're just sprayed, <laughs> slayed across the the front of the the folding chairs and laid out in front of an audience full of people, just completely making an ass of ourselves. Just having, we're just, we're just having fun. We're just spelling all the words right and, and doing what we're just, you know, we're, we're that age. We're the same age as, as your daughter uh, is now when that whole thing happened. And when we finally got She's eliminated, and, got grade, to, yeah. and when we got back to the classroom, our fourth grade teacher, Miss mm-hmm. Allen, laid into us. She was like, you are all a bunch of jackasses. For acting the way you and we we just said, yeah you're you're right <laughs> there's no arguing it so yeah at that age uh, sitting still for yeah. an hour no that, that that's just not gonna happen yeah so it was fun it was fun that's why I thought let's uh, let's let's just get caught up you know and uh, you know get, get knock knock a show out here I'm sure you're gonna want to talk about your trip uh, go over some of the happenings of the of the first two weeks you know kind of a kind of a bad week good week mix uh, as far as our picks go made up for some ground as far as what I did the first week or both of us neither one of us had a really good first week but our second week was not a typical week two for us it was better than the first week it wasn't great at all but it was much better than the first week yes 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 I I didn't actually feel like I was uh, you know in the dark blindly feeling my way around after like how I felt after week one like what did I just watch Right. Uh, I so I don't have a whole lot of insight on either week one or week two because week one ends and then I'm pretty much packing and getting ready right. for the trip. Week two takes place last Sunday. I'm still in the middle of the trip. It was our last day in Mexico. I really watched. I watched like a quarter of football last weekend, and that would be the last quarter of the uh, Chiefs Ravens mm-hmm. game uh, Sunday night when I got back from dinner, uh, which was a hell of a quarter of football to watch. But I didn't really watch anything else. I don't know. Uh, I got all the uh, all of our numbers as far as our our picks go, and and who's doing good on the locks and all of that. Which for the first time ever, that would be me. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Although, but, uh, I mean, yeah, there were there were some that went your way this week. I was just shaking my head watching <laughs> some of these picks turn your way. Seattle up big just blows mm-hmm. that lead completely against Tennessee at home. I mean, you, you must have had some some knowledge or something that Seattle was going to do it because they had that game covered handily. 
They did. So that that's the one thing I definitely wanted to address from the show that uh, that you did with your children because you were like, I'm I'm really for Dre to explain this this Seattle thing about don't trust yeah. Seattle early in the season. Is there some special stat? No, there's no special stat, dude. How long have we been doing this show? Seattle is always overbet early in the season. People love <laughs> Seattle especially at home. We've got so many years of them being, you know, 10, 12, 14 point favorites at home against teams that they that they're not that much better than and they don't cover these spreads cuz people at the Seahawks they they overvalue that home field advantage so much early in the season and this is just another one of those deals where I saw that spread and I said Tennessee as bad as they looked in week one, they're not seven points worse than the Seahawks. They might be a better team than the Seahawks overall. And that just stood out to me as an obvious pick to wow. go with it for my lock. And that's all that was. I didn't look at any uh, belt stats or anything like that. I was, that's why I was curious because they were two touchdowns worse than them in the fourth quarter of that game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and that was, and that was still around. a cover in the final minute until Tennessee, uh, punches it in on a fourth down and goal at the one um, yeah. with like a half a minute left to go in that game to, to force overtime. At that point I knew I was screwed on the pick. Um, so yeah, that, that was a cover all the way up until the last 30 seconds of that game. So got Seattle did what they do early yeah. in the year. And then the and other one uh, that I watched was th- this Baltimore team. Yeah. Now back to back weeks, Baltimore now, has done the things that they don't do. In week one, they blew a two-touchdown lead. They never do. Which they never do. They hadn't done it in 98 straight games. And then, against the Chiefs, they came back from double digits down, which they also just don't do. Mm -hmm. So good luck trying to figure out the Ravens. Uh, I think I figured out. They, just like the Titans... They went to what they do best. They ran the ball down the other team's throat. They refused to let up. And so many of these teams don't do that. And the Titans and the and the Ravens later in the year probably won't do that. But at least for one game, both of them did what they're supposed to do. When your team's strength on offense is running the football, we've talked about this for 30 fucking years, man. Stop going away from just because you happen to be down on the, in the scoreboard. You can't start doing things that you're not good at just because you're losing the football game. You have to stay with your strength. And the Titans stay with their strength, and all of a sudden look at Derrick Henry just turn around and turn into that monster and, and start trucking everybody and dragging people into the end zone with them. The Ravens stuck with what they do. Lamar is not going to last the entire season being the team's leading runner. I understand that. But uh, for one night it worked. Uh, and, and it worked against a team that that's the best way to go after the Chiefs defensively because, as we saw, when Lamar tried to go to the air, uh, Honey Badger was waiting for a bunch of gifts to just get delivered into his hands. And so the Ravens figured it out. It took a while, but they figured it out. Okay, running the football against the Chiefs, that's, that's our strength. We've led the league in running for two or three years running now, and we're going to do it again this year because it's what we do and also because Lamar Jackson is still not a very good quarterback. So and, that's and all that being, was. It just did what best. Well, you're also forgetting the point that the the Chiefs decided to take the ball out of the hands of their best player at the end of that game, and it cost them the game. That that's a, a big mistake. The uh, the running. Well, I mean, I, I can't say it's a big mistake because Clyde Edwards fumbled until he fumbled. Um, yeah. 
So they they didn't they certainly didn't expect that to happen. But uh, yeah, the fact that Pat Mahomes has got them in basically in field goal range in the snap of a finger, I, I thought they were going to the clock and take that field goal and, and win the game, no doubt. Um, but it, it didn't work out that way. Uh, Edwards Solaire gets uh, gets the fumble and turns it over, and that was yeah, that was a shock. I was totally expecting uh, to go all the way, and what I was really afraid of was. They got down in field goal range so quickly, I thought that they just, like you said, would just keep the ball in their best player's hands and Pat Mahomes' hands, the, the you know, $5 million man, whatever his contract is, and just let him keep doing what he's doing best and, and going to Travis Kelsey and exploiting the middle of that defense. And I thought they were going to go in the end zone and not only uh, get the lead oh, back yeah. but cover the number and, and really screw it up. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, even at that point, the that. field goal would have covered the number because at that point they're up by two. And they get a field goal there, even if they just, you know, go three more downs and then they try a long field goal from there. That puts them up five if they make that. And then now you're asking, now you're asking Baltimore to go the length of the field with not a lot of time. And now you're putting all the faith in Lamar Jackson to get, not just to get you into field goal range, but to actually get you into, you know, the end zone. That's not as easy. You know, the Ravens were, by one, so the pad was driving for what would have been the go-ahead field goal, but it wouldn't have covered. The touchdown would have covered, so that's what I was afraid of. Uh, but Alaire gets that ball knocked out, and then Baltimore takes over. At that point, they uh, need a, a first down to, to clinch the game, and they actually have the onions to go for it on fourth down and get that first down to, to wrap it up. But uh, yeah, the Chiefs are moving so fast. I thought they were going to go ahead and just score. And, oh, right, right, right. Get another, put another That's seven right. up. And I'm like, oh, that's God. right. That was a one point. That was a one point game the other way at that point too. Right, right. So they, thankfully, uh, the, yeah. the, the fumble that occurred, saved your so week. That that that, yeah. that would have uh, that that. Well, I mean, that gave us basically after your you got the win on Thursday night, um, which is funny because I talked about that that you had all the, you know the. You know, you, I don't trust Taylor Heineke, and this is why they're gonna, you know, win but not cover. And it was like we were both right about that game, but one of us, only one of us, could win the pick. Unless it was a push. Unless it was a push. But uh, you, you, Taylor Heineke played a hell of a ball game. That Washington defense just—I uh, don't know what they were doing. They just kept giving it up. Yeah, no insight on that. I wasn't uh, watching at all. Yeah. Um, uh, They let the Giants just move the ball up and down the field on them, which I did not expect. But then you also find out, you know, I'm not paying any attention to the stats, that Daniel Jones was undefeated against the uh, 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 football team. Take a drink. Drink. (laughs) Hang on. Got a beer right here. Drink. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, You also missed the Raiders are now 2-0 after, I mean, you want to talk about not, they're not all two and O's are made the same. I mean, give the Raiders credit. They beat the Ravens and then went on the road and beat the Steelers. Yeah. I, I, I would never know what to make of the Ravens or the Raiders rather, even if I saw the two wins, but uh, well, I saw the one, I guess I, I did see the Monday nighter, um, but the, the Pittsburgh win, I, I did not catch any of that. So yeah, I all was very surprised. Obviously we both had Pittsburgh in that one. So we were both yeah. very surprised. You need to just go spin up the replay of the touchdown that uh, the Derek Carr threw to Henry Ruggs to ice the game. Because hmm. uh, nobody covering it, was a lot of uh, oh, none, some no, Bears no, no. cover it was, zero going. It, it, no, not oh. at all. Uh, it was basically he's under he's under duress, 
and he just chucks the ball. It was very reminiscent of the throw that uh, Patrick Mahomes threw up to Tyreek Hill that kind of got the momentum back in that San Francisco Super Bowl, right? He just threw it to that spot, right? Just throw the ball as far as you can to a spot on the field, And, and that's exactly what Carr did. He just heaved it. And Henry Ruggs just went and got it. And uh, there were, I want to say, two guys chasing him. And, I mean, perfect ball placement just took the total top off of that defense, and that was it, ball game, because the Steelers were coming back. And you kind of had a feeling like it was one of those where, you know, the Steelers special. They played bad against a team that they should beat, and then right. they're losing, and then they just sort of have that. Nope. And then, and then Derek Carr just in one play was just like, this is over. Yeah. And uh, there's no that thing out there. Go, with... go fight. Yeah, if there's a replay that you're going to go and find, find that one because it, it's a beautiful thing. Hmm. Okay. You also yeah, didn't no... get to. Oh, what's that? So there's no telling what the Steelers are, are made of. We seem to never be able to figure that out. At least they're, uh, they're not going to go 13-0 uh, or whatever to start the season this time. We don't have to worry about that. So sorry, Bryce and Brooklyn. Um, I did see uh, that the the little bit of highlight I did see, I I don't even remember that Henry Ruggs throw, but I think I may have seen it. I don't, I don't remember, but I saw that TJ Watt was, uh, was, was heard and and that pass rush without him just is non-responsive. And, you know, you you lose him, you've already lost Bud Dupree in in the off season, the free agency. Um, it's a very easy, slippery slope to slide down for the Steelers to go from, you know, high quality team with uh, something going on either side, a lot of high quality athletes on offense and defense, but you lose a couple and all of a sudden everything starts to slide down really quickly. And apparently Ben Roethlisberger doesn't look uh, all that good to start the season. So yeah, they, they, they might have some issues already uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, if you just look at the stat sheet on that game, you're going to look at the numbers for Roethlisberger and go, oh, he, he played okay, until you realize it was Dak time. Oh. That's what a lot of it, it was. Yeah, that was a lot of what his numbers were. The Raiders were fairly in control of that game for a long time. So then the Dak time started, and then that, that, that bomb touchdown, um, that just iced the whole thing. Um your boy. The sheet definitely tells a story there just because it's uh, 295 in the air for Pittsburgh yeah. and 39 round, and that's not how to win football games. Yep. I don't care what your team is. That's but not how to do it. On the other side, not that much different, except for the fact the car went for 382. They didn't run for much either. I want to say that's they true. for about they, they only 50. 52. That's, that's correct. So they didn't run for much on the other side, but Derek Carr now through two weeks has over 800 passing yards. Wow. That's, that's yeah. quite the start of the season. And that's against the Ravens and the Steelers. So that those, those are two quality wins. Do I, do, does this mean that there's some renaissance going on in Vegas? I, for, no. <laughs> but, hey, if they were 0-2 after losing to the Ravens and the Steelers, would anybody be shocked either? No, no I, w- I certainly wouldn't be shocked. Right. Um, but, yeah, that, that's a good point about uh, – Two wins is only, you know, it's two wins. There's 17 games, so yes. it's only two out of 17. But you do have to pay attention because some of those teams that come out of nowhere, it's, you know, they start great and you from, and then you look up and they're, you know, 5-0, and 6-0, Where did they come from? Well, you got to start yeah. paying attention right at the beginning. Uh, the, the Panthers are another example of that, right? Uh, the, <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe uh, I had them in week one because that was the Sam Darnold. That was the revenge game, right? 
Right, we both had that. And what they then turned around and did to the Saints was – uh, yeah, that was that was criminal because, I mean, you had Jameis Winston in week one, five touchdowns. You know, they were moving the ball, running the ball. I mean, this is what that Carolina defense did. Alvin Kamara, eight rushes, five yards. Oof. The leading rusher was Jameis Winston. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's he, not going to He ran for 19 yards. He was the leading rusher. That's not Lamar Jackson-like. No. He he throws the ball 22 times for a buck 11. I believe that is just a hair over a five yards per attempt. That, that quick math, that back of the envelope math. Yeah, I think that I think that's about right. Yeah, it's a hair. Uh, and on the other side, you got Darnold going for 305. I I I got to tell you, Christian McCaffrey not playing last year. You sort of sometimes forget. Dude's fast. Yeah, he's he's good. He's a hell of an ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was they were getting the ball out to him in space or handing the ball off to him, and he's into the second level and, and making DBs look slow. And I was just like, man, I forgot. You just forget, right? The guy didn't play last year, didn't watch a lot of that game against the Jets. But that was a pretty boring game, even though um, Carolina covered it in not the most convincing manner. But that, again, the, the Jets came back and scored a lot of points late to make that cover questionable. Uh, there weren't many questions in this one. They just they, they put the you know seventeen nothing at halftime, and it never got much better after that. Carolina, out of yeah, nowhere. That was that was when I saw the uh, the result and and uh, saw the Jameis stat line somewhere um, yeah. online. First game, and then you see this stat line, and it's like. How did that ha- – wait a minute, from the first game to – and then this happens? What? Hey, what happened? So that, I, there's some things that you just can't explain. Like, And this might be, you know, Jameis, we, we talk about wild thing, and it was in week one, and then he comes back with this effort in week two. This might be the Saints all year. They might be up and down, back and forth, one win, one ah. loss, bad, bad Jameis, good Jameis. You just never know from from one to the next. So, heckling got to be prepared for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're very early uh, heckle and jide award. Uh, yeah, you you don't have two you don't have two games like that and not be automatically the front runner <laughs> for heckle and jide. You just just decimate the Packers, and then you go on the road and just don't show up. So, how about the Packers get decimated in Week One, come back and do what they're supposed to do on Monday night? So that, that's some heckle and jide there too. Did you watch that, or you were not back yet? No. Well, I watched about a quarter of it in the airport. We were in between flights uh, okay. Monday night. Because so. that, that game was questionable at halftime. Okay, that's, it, that's when we got on the plane uh, at halftime, and then I, we land, and it's like, oh, four touchdowns, Packers run. Yeah. like, yeah, that, that's what yeah, I was Yeah, no, that's, that's 17-14 at halftime, and, and then the Packers shut them out in the second half, and then – that's right, because the know, Lions think, uh, led, right? For yeah. Like 14-7, 7 the, pa- the Lions were winning 17-14 at halftime. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I so do that remember was, that. Yeah, it was back and forth, back and forth, and then they got the field goal going into uh, halftime, and the Packers came out and were like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> after no, it was it just pretty much, yeah. Aaron Rodgers just uh, don't know if he just needed the six quarters to wake up. Or, you know, he's at home and it's Monday night. He's like, no, not like this. And uh, they just took over. And, 
you know, all the problems in Green Bay are gone for a week. R-E-L-A-X. Yeah. So they did what they were supposed to do because, you know, that shockingly uh, goes from being them down by three to covering and giving us a win on yeah, Monday night. 35-17 win. Yeah, that totally covered. And uh, that Detroit did have a chance to get that to 35-24 um, in the garbage time, oh. like in the last two minutes. And, uh, but they didn't get into the end zone. So that was, uh, that was uh. nice. That, I mean, it wasn't like there was any high stakes there or anything, but that was really nice. I uh, just want to talk about your boy, uh, Andy Dalton. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's uh, not yeah, my no. boy. He got hurt. <laughs> yes, that, that much I saw. And, and, and Justin Fields came in and looked every bit, a rookie as he should. He looked great and then he looked terrible. Uh they 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 get up to they get the defense gets the pick six, gives them, you know, the 17 to 3 lead, then they get a field goal, they're up 20 to 3. Uh Joe Burrow beats double coverage down the right sideline again, one of these to, to Jamar Chases. Joe Burrow deep to Jamar Chase is going to be about the only exciting thing about Cincinnati all year. And that's better than what I thought, because in preseason, yeah. Jamar Chase looked like he was going to be a bust. But but it wasn't but it wasn't uh, cover zero. It wasn't the vaunted Bears cover zero. It was basically he just made a play, and then the two Bears defenders kind of ran into each other, and then Chase uh, you know walked the last five yards into the end zone. That's great. So there's only like four minutes left to go in the game. Fields is in now because Dalton is uh, is injured. And Justin Fields proceeds to pull the Caleb Haney and just <laughs> throw the ball straight to a, a Cincinnati defender. Like, how did you not see this guy? He just throws it right yeah. to him. And uh, makes that game much more interesting uh, than it should have been. But Fields, in, but then on the drive to seal the game, Fields gets uh, almost sacked and then breaks away and runs for the first down that ices it. So it's like you you were getting all of the experience at the end of that game with a rookie who looks just like a rookie making stupid rookie decisions and then also able to use superior playmaking ability and athleticism to seal the win. Well, good for them. Bad for my pick because I tried to get ultra cute. Didn't work. Yeah, you know, I thought you were feeling a little bit after uh, (laughs) Thursday night. Because that was a that was funny. Because if you listened when I made the pick, I said it was one of the rare times that the, the spread went my way, not yours. <laughs> right. Because when I picked that, I had it Bears minus three and a half, which would have been a mm. loser. Yes, it would have. Um, yeah, that would have done it, but no. Nope. Yeah. Too, too much money get, got uh, put on the Bengals uh, in between that time and when I made my picks on Saturday afternoon, I guess so. They won the Bengals plus two, and they wound up losing by three. So, <laughs> and for all the genius picks that you've made so far, I can say I'm two and zero picking the Houston Texans. Well, good for you. <laughs> they all count. <laughs> I yeah, I truly have no idea with the with the Texans. Actually, um, until Tyrod Taylor got hurt in that game, because he always gets hurt. Um, yeah. They were actually like hanging tight with Cleveland and that, that looked like an almost guaranteed cover. And then he gets hurt and they put in this, this rookie, this 
something David Mills or Sam Mills. I don't. General Mills. I have no idea who he is. Um, but he got one Terry touchdown Mills. in this. Shout out. He got, he got one touchdown in the second half. That's all. I, I just, I'll, I'll take it. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. Cleveland uh, pretty much put the put the screws to him after Tyrod Taylor got hurt. And uh, yeah, Houston got one cheap drive in there to get to get six, and uh, that, that saved a pick for me. And uh, remind me again why I didn't take Bill Belichick as my lock of the week against a rookie quarterback. Because you were affected by week one like most everyone else, and, and they looked like dog crap in week one. And Man. you're like, well, I don't know. It's Maybe, maybe the Patriots without Brady and, and without Cam and you got this, you know, it was rookie versus rookie, so spy on spy there. And, yeah, it, it was it's really hard to trust that New England is going to – and then apparently I'm I'm linked to the, uh, some of the recaps, and it wasn't that, you know, the kid from the Jets – uh, played all that terribly. It's just that in the worst times, he kept finding the other team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he threw four picks. Oof. I mean, so, and I believe he had all four of those in the first half, and then the game was just, it was. Yeah, the. Uh, are you still there? You were breaking up for a second. No, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, the Jets outran New England. They uh, outpassed New England. The, the kid. Uh, uh, I don't even remember the Jets quarterback. He's so uh, nondescript, but Mac Jones with the Patriots and, and the Jets. So the Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, is that his name? Yeah. yeah Mac versus Zach. Uh, so after all that, Zach outpasses Mac, 210 to 186. The Jets outrun the Patriots, 152 to 101, and the Patriots destroy them. So it was one of those <laughs> games that yeah. when they well. needed uh, mistake-free football is when uh, yep. Zach Wilson made all the mistakes, and that's why the Patriots covered yeah, when you throw four picks in the first half, uh, yeah. is that a Peterman? Uh, no, a five would be a Peterman. Five, I believe he, okay. I believe he threw five interceptions in the first half of, of, of the game and still has an NFL job. I, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, so that that uh, that didn't go too well. Uh, your favorite other boy, your other, your other favorite player, Carson Wentz, uh, played admirably and had the Colts in position – to come back and either tie or win that game against the Rams, but then he also decided to get hurt yeah, right at the end a, of that game. It's a red just cross in, day for the quarterback. Yeah, so so Wentz gets hurt just in time. Jacob Easton could come in and on his very first play throw a pick that seals the <laughs> win for the Rams. So that's still a cover um, for yeah, the Colts because that was that was three and a hook. So the Colts still covered, uh, but they actually had a chance to you know tie or win that game. And of course, because Carson Wentz, who had kept him in the game, decides to get hurt, uh, they they blow it. So that's almost poetic. That that is, um, yeah. So Wentz, I can't make heads or ta- heads or tails of him either because that week one, uh, he yeah. uh, was okay. He, he wasn't spectacular at all, but he didn't make the really stupid mistake. He didn't have the turnover worthy throws that defined his 2020. And now here's week two where he's hanging around with the Rams and then has them in position, like you said, to possibly uh, spring the upset um, and then winds up getting hurt again. And it's his other ankle, apparently, not the one that he messed up uh, in the oh, beginning no, no. Of, the, of the season. It's both ankles. Oh. He sprained both ankles. 
because he's Carson Wentz. When you when you sprain both ankles, that's basically like cripple. Like you you can't walk if both your ankles are sprained. Yeah. Then you're Byron Leftwich having your teammates carry you down the field. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. If you can't put weight on either ankle, that, that means you basically have to rely on somebody to, to put you in a wheelchair and, and bring you down the field. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a weird one. That's uh, that's one after two weeks I have no judgment on because I still don't know what Wentz is. It's, it's great that he's not throwing everything to the other team, so you know that's a good sign. But um, he's still, you know, sort of eh, okay. I'm looking at the uh, the stats, and you know, 262 in the air uh, against the Rams is is decent. It's actually admirable uh, considering how uh, the Rams cornerback shut down most passing games. So to even get that high is is okay. That's that's, that's something, um, but nothing to you know judge anything. Oh, that's Carson Wentz. He's back, and now he's hurt again. So you definitely can't say that. Um, and then back to uh, Cleveland and, and Baker Mayfield, I was laughing at the fact that the Cleveland once again had to trust the run game in order to put away the Texans. They still didn't cover the number for me, but Baker kept completing passes, but just not for any yardage. Like he was uh, almost perfect as far as just completing the passes, but they weren't going anywhere. And so they had to turn to the run game again. And he wound up putting that game away by going to, to Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt on the ground. And again, how do they not still know this lesson? Do not trust Baker Mayfield with the game. Either he's going to throw it away and make dumb mistakes, or he's going to keep taking the safe passes and, and not really advancing the ball because he's too afraid to do anything else. And you, you, I thought I thought the Browns had figured this out by now. I thought last year showed them the more you trust Baker Mayfield, the worse your team is. Stop trusting yeah. Baker Mayfield. And, and it wasn't an issue of uh, he didn't have any problems in this game. I mean, obviously, I can understand if you're a little salty because they didn't cover the number, but uh, they controlled that second half, and they ran the ball quite a bit. They did, but they threw for 213. That's awful. All those completions, and <laughs> it didn't every one of those Every one of those attempts is not a running play. And that's not good. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody, uh, if anybody out there was wondering uh, how much of an improvement the Miami Dolphins offense would be, uh, without Tua, the answer is uh, not Ooh. much. <laughs> Thirty-five to nothing. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was it was every bit of that. Tua went out early, and, and he and again he hadn't impressed early in that game. Um, so you're thinking, oh, okay. You know, I'm almost sitting there getting ready to pull up my phone and tweet like, uh, is this uh, addition by subtraction here? You know, for this uh, Miami offense, I was kind of seeing what Jake Brisket could do. Oh, nope. No. No, oh. Buffalo had Buffalo had their number the whole game, and Buffalo you had to figure. We both had the Bills. Um, yeah, way too good of a team to go zero and two. So you kind of figured that they, after losing that first week, were going to come out a little fiery. And uh, yeah, <laughs> thirty-five zip. But if they really do own that division, Hipster Jay, as you've been proclaiming for a couple of years now, That's uh, this is this is what you have to do when you yes. start out on one and you get a division matchup in week two. You have to say, okay, this is where it ends. This is where we show our dominance again, and this is where we show the Miami Dolphins and everybody else. And they basically slaughtered the Dolphins and slit their throats and left them by the side of the road, so that the rest of the division could drive by and look and say, see, this is <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen. This is your fate. When we get ourselves 
and figure figure ourselves out. This is what's awaiting all of you. This is that was a message to the Patriots. If this was a wrestling match, that was a message. They would point right to the camera after that slaughtered out. That, that was a that was a complete squashing of the jobber. And where they look at their next competitor and they point to the camera and say, "You're next, buddy." Everybody, watch out because you're next. That's what that was. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, it was, it was a whooping. You know, and they didn't even have to try that hard to do it. Nothing that they did in that game jumps off the page as far as stats go. Uh, I mean, it jumps off on the other side as far as like, ew, ew. yeah, uh, as far as 250 yards of offense, which is not good. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you don't you didn't don't expect the Dolphins to just get uh, completely house like that in their own building. Um, that was that was that was brutal and somewhat reminiscent of the last time these two played. Yes, uh, that was mentioned in the recap podcast that I listened to. That uh, <laughs> this is the second time in a row that Tua has taken on the Bills and not had a very good result. Uh, wasn't wasn't a good week uh, for my lock. Uh, was a much worse week for the Minnesota kicker. Yeah, um, poor Cass from uh, Football Fan Rush Radio saw her tweeting yeah. about the, the again with the Vikings kickers. That's going to be the death of her. The Vikings missed, kickers. Yeah, Gary Anderson, Daniel Carlson. Yeah. This poor oh. kid uh, misses a Ray chip Joseph. shot. Misses a chip shot to win the game. Uh, to send the Cardinals to two and zero, I did not expect uh, the Vikings to put up as much fight in that game. Uh, but on the very, I think it was the very first play from scrimmage, Kirk Cousins uh, throws a seventy-six yard touchdown pass to put them up seven nothing. Arizona was basically just playing catch up the whole game. They yeah. had that game multiple times where they had the chance to then go and put them away, and they were going to cover, and then they'd do something stupid. They'd hit, throw a pick, or you know. So just a complete back and forth game, uh, and that, that that that's what fun bad is, right? Pretty much. When you get a game yeah, like Kyle, that, Kyler Murray goes for four hundred, uh, leading that effort back. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings uh, did exactly what they're supposed to do. These are the two teams, uh, the Browns and the Vikings, that I think it's so obvious what they have to do to maintain balance on their offense, which is trust your running game. You don't want to trust the quarterback too much. Uh, so the Vikings uh, put up their 33, not because of just, you know, cousin, you got, you talk about cousins opening up with a big uh, touchdown throw, but then it's basically Dalvin cook uh, running wild and the Vikings run for 177 and throw for 244. Yeah. Pretty much how it's, how it's supposed to work. Cause you, you can't really rely on Kirk Cousins to the hold the the line and carry the team on his back. So they did enough to get in position to actually come out of there and steal a victory. 37 yard field goal lined up for the win. Ball is lined up down the middle. I didn't, you know, I don't know how they got to that point, but obviously they had to have spotted the ball and and lined it up perfectly. They they did everything they could for, for this Greg Joseph guy. Okay, here it is. Lined up right up the middle, 37 yards at the, Basically a chip shot for a pro kicker, and he just yaks it, yaks all over the place. Did you hear the uh, Vikings radio call of uh, of that of that kick? I didn't. Was it Santo esque? No, it was the opposite. It was the guy is they're so traumatized by kicking in in Minnesota that he wanted to will it good. He called it good. He thought oh. it went in because he didn't want to. He didn't want to himself that did. 
had another kicker yak up all over himself. He he, he said, and the kick is good. You, you have to find it. You have to listen to that. Oh, uh, man. Because that's hilarious. He's, he actually thought he nailed the kick. He's the guy seeing the oasis in the desert. Oh, that's water. I know it is. Seeing the mirage. It, <laughs> it tastes so good. It saved my life. It's good. It's the guy. The guy in the club that sees the hot girl, yeah, she's gonna be mine tonight. Oh, no yeah. loser, that's that's not that's not gonna be yours. Well, we talk about how you know you got to look at the two and O and like with the Raiders and go, yeah, you know, not all two and O's are the same, but yet they beat two quality, they beat two playoff teams from last year, right? And then you look at the Vikings and that O and two, the Bengals and the Cardinals, oof. You know, somebody on the show picked the Vikings to be a playoff team, and uh, it's not looking too good. <laughs> Oof. Well, I picked well. the Giants to be a playoff team, so we're all. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. there's still 15. There's still 15 games to go. Yeah. Well, we never got our overreaction theater in, so we're trying to get it. You know, get it, yeah. get it all caught up and get it all in right now. Yeah, I tried to. Uh, I, I tried to use the analogy real quickly on the show um, that I was trying to when I was looking at week one and it was, you know, the, was it, do you react, do you overreact or do you just outright dismiss what you saw? Mm-hmm. Like there were some things that happened in week one where you reacted, you went, Oh, you know, like somebody looks really good. Like, you know, Arizona looked really good or uh, the Raiders who we still, but the Raiders we dismissed. Yes, you did. <laughs> so, you know, there was a lot, there was, there was a lot of that, where there were good performances. And then there were some where, of course, people just had overreact. I, we'd like to say that we don't overreact to things. Um, it's hard not to, you know. Though. Yeah. And then there's things that we just completely dismiss. You know, like we, we, we completely dismissed the Packers losing that game to the Saints. Well, because we have the history. We know that Aaron Rodgers, after embarrassing losses, basically comes back and throws four touchdowns every time. And, every yeah, yeah. single time. And that's, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, we did talk about Atlanta and Tampa. Atlanta had that cover until Matt Ryan uh, decided to throw two pick sixes in the fourth quarter. Uh, oh, back to back to the same guy. Okay, so they were. Uh, that's kind of what I heard on the podcast is they were dueling with Tampa Bay until they mm-hmm. weren't. Yeah, Atlanta had gotten that back to twenty twenty eight twenty five. I want to say they had gotten that down back to a field goal game. In twenty um, in a row. After yeah, yeah. Oof. After being, after being down huge, and then uh, they got that back in the third quarter. Yep, twenty eight twenty five, and then yeah, touchdown for the Bucks, and then Mike Edwards picks off Brady on on back to back possessions, but it picks off uh, Ryan. I mean, for pick yeah. sixes. Man, uh, yeah. if you're gonna go down, go down hard, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, all the people were putting all the uh, stats up on Twitter and on the memes this week about how Mike Edwards is the Falcons' leading receiver for the year. <laughs> he, he now he now leads the team in touchdowns caught by Matt Ryan. Wow! Hey hey! Well, you, I, you, I can't you're take, gonna get that. I, I can't take credit for that one, but that that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. Uh, the Titans are one that we. Uh, we both had the Titans, right, over uh, the cover of the six and a half over Seattle. So that's no, that was one, one where the, we both. Oh, that's right. Just, that's we, one where we agreed on it. But you had yeah, that as we, your lock of the week. I just, like, I just you locked it were, up. You were certain. Yeah. 
But that's one where we dismiss week one because Tennessee looked terrible. The Seahawks no, go on the road and get a, an impressive yeah. win to open the season, and we both pretty much threw that right off. So that's not uh, – You're correct. And, and So I, I thought you were with me. I thought you – I was with you, know, you, but because you won your lock, I was still mad. <laughs> no, I, I thought you were with me on the uh, the rationale of, oh, too much love for Seattle early in the year, minus six and a half I, against a good Titans team. I was really only looking at it from the standpoint that I thought Tennessee – was you know was rebound. Good to like they, was that they were going to be basically playing to not be zero and two like they're not okay. as bad as what they looked like because they looked just terrible in that first game. Okay, I, I'm with that too. That, that, that's kind of why I locked it in because I uh, uh, with yeah, the Seattle. I wanted you to lose because as I'm watching my <laughs> Arizona pick flame out for my lock, I actually wanted to lose that pick. Right. No, I, I, I didn't understand. want you to get two get two locks up on me already. Ah, feels good. Uh, yeah, that basically, that's it's definitely a first. I'm usually terrible with my locks uh, early, especially early on. Um, but yeah, it was basically it was the reason why it was not just the Seattle, too much Seattle love early, but it's also I also think the Titans are you know are much better than that first game, and I thought they would have a much better performance. But from what what it sounded like, they didn't really have a much better performance in the first half. It was when they nope. turned around and, and realized that they have Derrick Henry on their team in the second half is when they turned things around. Well, and it, it's not even realizing you have Derrick Henry. It, we talk about this all the time. It's just sort of the Derrick Henry effect, right? That he wears like, your ass out. Uh, yeah. You you just keep giving it to him, and eventually he's going to bust the big one. You know, and he ends up with 35 carries on the day, right? That's it's, that's going to work. I mean, he, he did a lot of work. And it just keeps chipping away and chipping away, and then all of a sudden, oh, boom, 60-yard touchdown. No, I you believe know? me, I know. I, I went back and did the studying last year and found out that the numbers backed it up, that his yards per carry goes up as the quarters go on. Mm-hmm. As, as the game gets longer and longer, he gets stronger and stronger, and that's not just your eyes. Yeah. That's, that's backed up by the stats. So, yeah. I don't know if – I don't think he's getting stronger. I think he's the same strength. I think everybody else is tired of <laughs> Tackling him, or running away from tackling. I don't think a lot yeah, of those DBs don't, don't really want any of that. I don't think he's running harder. I think the other teams just beat. Well, either way, either yeah, the result is the same. I get either it. Way. Yes, the gap is widening as the game goes on, and it 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 paid off. They they stuck to it, and we were wondering. You know, we still, I don't know completely what that uh, Tennessee offense is going to look like as they try to sort of mesh in all these weapons and what it's going to become. But it's a long, the longest season ever, right? That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> uh, what they should be, what, why I picked them to win their division is because now you got the two weapons on the outside that are both, uh, one is an all-time great receiver and the other has the skills to be. Mm-hmm. So then you're lined up, in the backfield behind the quarterback is maybe the most bruising runner in the game today. What your offense should be is you use that bruising runner to wear down the defense. And then when they're softened up, now you can play action, go over the top to either one of these two incredible athletes on the other side and just beat everybody that way. Like this, it's, it seems like it's hard, but to me, I guess, 
gets me hard that this is why I'm not a coach in the NFL because it seems like it should be right. easy. <laughs> How do you mess that up? But again, this, the, the OC is is new in Tennessee because Arthur Smith is now in Atlanta. Uh, so maybe you know whoever the kid that took over is still growing into his job. But I would hope that Sunday displayed to him what you have to do. You have to rely on Derrick Henry. You cannot go away from the game plan of using Derrick Henry. And I'm so glad that they didn't do that because a whole lot of teams in that situation in Seattle down, you know, in the second half uh, would get desperate and say, okay, Tannehill, you got, just got to keep throwing it up. We, we don't know what else to do. We got to keep throwing. But basically what they did in, in the playoffs uh, against uh, Baltimore and just, you know, forgot about Derrick Henry basically as far as I'm concerned. And I was, I'm still mad at that game because I, I, really did see the beginnings of Derrick Henry taking that game and they got scared and, and stopped trying to use him late because they were behind and they wanted to keep uh, throwing it in the air, trying to catch up that way. Uh, you you got to stay with them. You got to, just like what, what Baltimore did uh, against Kansas city. I really thought that was the theme of week two is teams that have the ability to bust them in the fucking mouth. Keep busting them in the fucking mouth. Don't go away from your game plan because that's how you lose football games. And I like the fact that both of them stuck to their guns. And, of course, it helped that I picked them both. Oh, of course. course. Because that just makes you look good. Because it's all about me, always. Of course, even when you're you're in another country. That's right. (laughs) Even when I'm not watching. Um, Yeah, so what else did I I miss on uh, week two? Um, Your your boy, Mike McCarthy – Tried, uh, from what I hear, to lose the, uh, the game for the for the Cowboys, but really the the Clippers sort of shot themselves in the in the foot because that's they what they uh, do. Because <laughs> Anthony Lynn isn't there anymore. You can't blame him. But you, you know, know sometimes you know it takes a while to get the taste out of your mouth. Uh, the the residue of finding ways to lose yeah. is still uh, still there. So yeah, Cowboys with a, a three point win. Uh, on a, a long field goal uh, in a, apparently yep. a situation where the Cowboys had a lot of time to get the ball a lot closer than they did. And just, yeah, <laughs> we don't need to. Yeah. Well, they got Legatron. That's all you need. <laughs> the young Jeezy, uh, Greg Zerline for, what was it, 56? Yeah. Uh, that they wound up lining up for. And how how do you get to a 56-yard field goal and decide to run the clock and, and run it out so that you, there's no time left. Like, you just got it in the bag? Like, trust, really? trust confidence in your kicker. Oh, or uh, in or your Mike McCarthy. management by your coach. You're, you're one of the worst <laughs> in-game managers. I mean, you're, you're a, Mike McCarthy is, like, we said it, um, I don't know if we said it uh, on our show. Um, oh, we did, because that was that – uh, after the Thursday night game, like they 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 had a hell of a game plan against the Bucks, but in game it was terrible. But you could see the thought and everything that went into the plan, and it's just adapting from that plan and actually managing in the game is where Mike McCarthy is terrible. And the the stats might uh, back that up as well because I didn't see any of the highlights, but I'm looking at the fact that they. Uh, go back to the ground game, they, mm-hmm. which they went aw- which they went away from against Tampa because they knew they didn't want to run against those guys because it wouldn't wasn't going to be successful. Which is yeah, we, Tony, we Tony Pollard was wearing them out. 
and we praise that game plan against the Bucks. So then they get to the Clippers, who can't stop the run. So now you go back to the ground game. So you put 198 on the ground as a team, right? Yeah. But 17 points uh, until that last field goal. That's <laughs> 237 in the air and 198 on the ground. I don't know how you get to 17 unless you're just totally mismanaging the the game. Yes, I, I don't understand. <laughs> But they were playing the perfect team for it. Yes, because the Clippers found a way to to keep them around. And uh, Justin Herbert put up 338 yards, and and he only got the 17. That's almost worse, to me, to be honest. All I can say about that game is I'm glad I didn't watch it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I didn't watch it either. I didn't watch any of the games uh, except for the uh, uh, Chiefs and the the Ravens, uh, like I said, at the uh, – Right into that one. Um, so, yeah, uh, so the raw numbers that we came up with for the first two weeks, uh, you were talking about that we started really bad in week one and slightly improved in week two. So I was 6-10 and 10 in week one, and you were 5-11. and 11, And that is bad. That is, without a doubt, very bad. We both uh, wound up recovering, but it looked really terrible for me because I lost pretty much every early game except for like one or two. Mm-hmm. So I had to rally uh, late and and win those late games and and win the uh, the two primetime games to make something out of my week. So I wind up nine and seven overall in week two, and you wind up eight and eight. So that gives me a very slim two game lead over you to start the season. If I win one game over you every week, that'll give me an eighteen game lead going into the playoffs. So I'm I'm all, I'm all for that. Just just uh, yeah, keep keep that up. Yeah, if I can just keep doing that. Um, so 13 and 17, uh, I'm sorry, 15 and 17 for me to start the year and 13 and 19 for you. And like I said, two locks to nothing on you. Very rare. Uh, definitely never started out that well. Uh, so hopefully, def- definitely looking to keep that up. And uh, I've been debating a little bit. I've been thinking about the uh, the game tomorrow night, and I'm not going to make a, a pick here on the air, but as oh, always, okay. we'll, we'll as always, we'll tweet our picks out tomorrow before the game starts. And, yeah, that situation looks to me very, very tempting when I think about that lock. I'm just saying. Oh, well, you mean you're going to lock up General Mills? <laughs> uh, you would you would hope I'd do that. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, it, the, the, the Panthers' defense is, is looking like a thing. Uh, although I may have yeah. already – I may have already jinxed that, so I might not want to lock that. But I don't already pick them up in fantasy. I'm starting to pay the Panthers defense tomorrow night. I'm benching the Rams so that I can start the Panthers against this Davis Mills character. General, Although I shouldn't make fun of Sam, him because Sam Mills? that's usually the wrong way to. <laughs> yeah, he's going to go for four, three fifty and four touchdowns now. Uh, makes you kind of wonder if the uh, problem in New York was the quarterback. Hmm. Or was it hmm. maybe the system or the players or the team or the coaches? Because uh, Sam Darnold got out of there and uh, Ghost Boys looked okay so far. But there are two games. It's two games, but he's, he doesn't see any dead people yet. This is true. And he's also <laughs> I, giving I, the ball to Christian McCaffrey. And he has a, and he has a defense that looks uh, pretty pretty good. It always helps giving it to to McCaffrey. Somebody actually asked uh, Zach Wilson, "Does he see ghosts?" 
that's the New York media for you. <laughs> Kid just got there. Come on. Oh, man. That's not right. All right, we are headed to the after show. So that's our catch-up uh, version of the uh to the VIP after show portion of our program where I get to bore you and yep. your kids and everybody else talking about my Mexico adventures. I I, uh, I do want to talk for uh, one little quick bit here on ketchup because I forgot to talk about your other, other, other boy, Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. your, your <laughs> favorite, your favorite coach uh, who, who, you know, feels is starting this week because Dalton's hurt. But Nagy, uh, pulls his Anthony Lynn uh, and says that, uh, but if he was healthy, it would totally be Andy Dalton. Rex is our quarterback. Yeah, no, it's the same thing. Right? Remember last year when with Justin mm-hmm. Herbert and Justin Herbert's just going out there and lighting it up. And it, it, it but, but Andy when Tyrod Lynn, no, Taylor is when, ready, when Tyrod's healthy. It's his he's job. He's our quarterback. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I think he's hedging his bets, and he's 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 getting uh, he's getting. I guess the new word is dragged. He's getting dragged pretty hard. <laughs> Um, how the kids put it. Yes, that's what the kids say. Uh, but no, he's, he's he's taking some shots over that. But I, I'm like, you know what? He can say that it makes his it makes Dalton happy. You know, he doesn't he doesn't risk anything by saying it because if Fields goes out there and he's lights out, he's obviously not going to get benched for Andy Dalton. Just like we said last year with this Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert thing. Here's the difference between Anthony Lynn and Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy might actually be that guy that will put Andy Dalton back under center uh, in two or three or four weeks whenever he recovers from this, was it the knee that he hurt? Um, uh-huh. Matt Nagy is, is actually that dense that he might actually do that because again, this whole thing about moving up and drafting Justin Fields and making this big uh, gutsy move that the Chicago organization never does. And the reason that me and Renard and other Bears fans were uh, playing celebration and dancing in the streets. But we know the reason that they did that, that Nagy and, and Ryan Pace did that was to buy themselves more time so that they can point at the team sucking again under Nagy's leadership and say, well, we got to, a rookie quarterback we're developing. He's not ready yet. We're still working on. So I think Nagy actually might be that guy to sit there and watch Justin Fields have some success in the next few weeks and then go right back to Andy Dalton because to go to Fields full-time now and suffer through a 6-11, and 7-10, and 10, whatever season that might occur because, again, as much as we love Fields, he's not ready yet to be a full-time NFL quarterback. I think uh, I was reading uh, the accounts of his uh, performance under pressure uh, this Sunday and that it was shaky at best. So I, I, that's fine. He's he's not there yet. He's not ready yet. And they're probably not going to win more than six, seven games this year. But for Nagy to leave him in under those circumstances, at that point, now you get to the end of the season and there's no future to point to and say, we still got this rookie quarterback. That's their 
shield. They're going to use Andy Dalton as much as they possibly can because at the end of the year when they're four and whatever, uh, in five wins, whatever they would get with Andy Dalton, they can at least still point to Justin Fields and say, you can't fire us. We still got that guy. We're still working on developing that guy, our, our big draft pick. You got you to gotta be fair to us. You got to give us time and, and work and develop him. So I really actually think that he might pull something uh, like that. I, I'm not saying he's going to, but I can see Matt Nagy pulling something like that, whereas uh, Anthony Lynn knew that he didn't have a choice. He had to stick with this kid, Herbert, if he wanted to keep his job at all, but to have any chance to keep his job. He still didn't keep his job, but yeah, it, it would have been a complete disaster to, to put Tyrod Taylor back in because everybody could see that Herbert was much better. I think this is a little different. I think Fields is still green enough that the people who don't want to see that he's the better choice can still you know, close their eyes and say, ah, he made some mistakes. I still want Dalton. Get Caleb Haney. Uh, you know, there's still some of that uh, available. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, obviously we'll talk about it on Saturday, but uh, it's not exactly uh, Fields gets the soft landing here for his first start. No, they they don't they didn't want to use fields pretty much at all, uh, especially for a game like this. So no, uh, I, it's not a soft landing. It, I understand that they didn't want to go to him, and and they get the Cleveland Browns, and uh, you know, I can see Miles Garrett sitting on his head, and uh, it, it's not going to be easy. But it's not going to be uh, it's not the worst possible scenario either. The Browns can be had, uh, you know, they're not a, a complete dominant defense, but they, they, they are very good. Um, so yeah, I, I would expect fields to, to suffer and, and get the L in that one, but I, I'm not surprised that Nagy said that. And I, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if he went adult in a few weeks. Okay. And so we'll see. Uh, it's, it's an interesting... I wouldn't, I would stick with fields and let them, you know, yeah, take the, the, point... the beating and, and get the experience, yeah. Especially now, now that the plan is up, you know, now, now that Dalton went and got hurt. Yeah, Dalton <laughs> yeah. went and got hurt. You didn't take my advice and just deactivate fields and just let Foles take the bullets. So, and then, and then you tried to do this thing in week one or and in week two where you were sort of trying to alternate or you bring fields in, you try to you know, work him in, have a play here, have a play there. You were trying to like do this like Taysom Hill thing kind of with him and, Right. Yeah. Well, now it's not. So, is he going to bring in Nick Foles now uh, for some spot duty? No. Just let Fields play. Just, just let him play. Even win or lose, let him play. Probably get something for Foles with all these quarterbacks going down now, and they're not going to do that either because they're the Bears. Yeah, I was shocked after Week One uh, with some of these guys uh, that you saw getting injured. That the Bears, man, who yeah. knows? Maybe the phone was ringing. I'm sure the phone was ringing. I'm just saying they're not trade deadline. They, the trade deadlines later than it used to be. They but, let these uh, teams. They let these teams kind of settle into. You know, it, it's not like it's week four anymore. Week five. I mean, this trade deadline right, now got like bumped out. Yeah. So they, now you actually have a little bit more, you know, separation between the teams. And uh, last year we saw a little bit more of it. I, I like a later trade deadline for football. I think it should be like Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but still, do you, do you trust the Bears to do the right thing and actually hold Foles up for the highest bidder? I, I think they're going to hold on to him all yeah. year. So you know my answer. I'm curious about yours. Uh, mine is they're not going to 
they're they're not bright enough to actually <laughs> deal for it. I don't know why they value these guys. Dalton's no good. Foles is no good. Just play the kid. Just play the kid and see what happens. But that they're not going to do that. Stop bears. Stop bears. Yeah. So, so I, was I, I wish they would, but uh, but but they're not going to do that. Uh, my trip was very good. Our uh, the resorts that we stayed at were excellent. Uh, my wife showed me to... one of the my wife showed me the pictures of one of the places, and she was like, uh, "Looks like something we should do." And I was like, uh, yeah. "Yeah, I mean, I'd 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 wait until you know Corona Palooza's <laughs> you know waning." But uh, not going to go run off to do it right away. But no, it, she showed me some of the pictures that uh, you had either posted of or a picture of the place that you were staying at. And I was like, oh, wow, that looks pretty nice. It was, uh, I would also not go excellent. during hurricane season. Again, not our choice. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. You, you, you highlighted that on the last uh, the last show we did. Yes, Trips were basically uh, upcoming and, and had to be done in a certain amount of time uh, or else we would lose them. So that's why we went at this. We missed that big uh, hurricane that wiped out New Orleans. That was part of the, the whole system down there because, of course, Cancun isn't all that far from the uh, uh, the, right. the southern coast of, of our country. Um, yeah, you, you can see it. Uh, on some of the grounds down there, you can see some of the, the trees and, uh, you know, big grassy areas still swept back. Like there's no wind in the air, but everything is still back. Like it's like, it's a big wind storm still going on. Cause that's how much damage was done by the winds that came through there. Some trees uprooted and it was very uh, eye opening to see like, Holy shit, this, you know, these places really, uh, got hit hard here as well. You know, we don't talk about it because it's not America, but uh, that hurricane really did uh, a number down there as well. Uh, actually thinking about that, for these places to be operating and, and as well as they are now, uh, that they must have really come back quickly after all of that stuff went down. So that's very impressive too. The fact that we we got such great service um, and everything went well for us only a couple of weeks after all of that. Cause like I said, we only missed that by about uh, two weeks, hurricane Ida. So, but yeah, um, very impressed by both resorts that we stayed at uh, three days at each one in Cancun. The first one was called uh, Valentine Imperial Maya. Um, and the second one was Grand Moon Palace. And the first one uh, was the Valentin that we stayed at, and um, I, again, I, I try not to complain about these situations. I know there's, uh, you know, not everything is going to go perfectly, um, but fuck, man, we we had a we had a room with two with two balconies, um, and couldn't use two? either one. Well, uh, why? Because there are these animals in Mexico and didn't really know anything about them um, before we got down there, but they're, I guess they're called coati, C-O-A-T-I, and they're like, they're kind of hard to describe, they're like squirrels or raccoons, uh, except their tails are literally like 
two feet long and their claws are unbelievably long and they look big. Like they are, you, you see them coming and you don't really register like what the hell is that? Like it's, because uh, they're like, again, their tails are so long, and you just don't know what that is. You don't because you, for instance, you see a stray cat on the street. We're so used to cats in America. I, I, I'm sure you react the same way that I do when you see a cat on the street, which is oh, there's a cat, and you, yeah. you know, walk by it and you don't think anything of it. So I didn't know what these things were. I didn't know if they're like cats, you can just ignore them and walk by them, or if they're like because I don't really walk by um, like squirrels I think I walk by too and don't really think of anything of them raccoons I'm kind of scared of I don't want to go anywhere near a raccoon because they can do some damage um, I didn't know if it was like that you know like just a street that you don't pay attention to or should you be afraid of it and basically the way they treat those things in Mexico is like they're really big on preserving nature and, and keeping things undisturbed so they basically treat the coatees as if uh, they're not a pest or they're not something uh, that they want to, you know, ward off or get rid of or anything like that. It's just the opposite. They almost treat them like they're part of, of them. Like I saw one of those animals get up on a, a, a desk as we were walking through the lobby, got up on the desk, took a piece of, of cake, took a piece of red velvet cake, jumped down off the desk with the cake, ran around the corner to like it's, place like there's a place that it just basically sits right off the uh the entrance way that's like it's it's its home basically took the red velvet apart took the plastic off the cake like it's a human being and started eating the cake and i filmed that and and because i couldn't believe what i was watching like this dude like he owns the place like he just didn't give a damn he didn't care to his people around he didn't care whose cake that was he just went up and took it and, and unwrapped it and started eating it like it's just something Good you're for supposed him. to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. But the the bad thing for us is the next morning after we checked in, I started to head out on the balcony. And just a split second before I was going to open the door, I just happened to look down and uh, the one of the two chairs that's out there on the balcony, I see this long-ass tail. And I said, oh, I can't go out on the balcony, can I? Um, this dude, uh, that was underneath and it was, it couldn't have been the same one as that was in the lobby because this, uh, area is so spread out, um, that we were basically like, if we were in building four, so the, the lobby, you count that as one, we were in building four, there's like nine, uh, properties or nine buildings uh, for this particular resort. So it's really spread out and, but on our, and we're on the third floor as well. So it's not like we're down there on the ground, but up there on the third floor on one of our balconies underneath these chairs uh, was one of these animals. I didn't know the name of it at the time. I just said, oh, shit, there's an animal on our balcony. We can't go out there. And I kept checking back over the next few days, and he'd still be he's out there. He's under the chair. I would check again. Now he's in a chair sitting there lounging like it's his balcony, lounging on the chair. Uh, then he – I. I would look out and he's not there at all. So I go, Oh, I guess maybe we can possibly go out there, but let's wait a little while. See if he comes back. Let's see what's going on on the other balcony here. Oh, look, there he is. He's on the other balcony. He's jumped across and decided to own that balcony as well. Um, and then 
on maybe the thir- third day, maybe the second or third day, uh, my wife happens to look down and see that he left us a gift on that second balcony. And it was, uh, it was a number two that he left us a, a, a nice little parting gift. He took a dump on our balcony. So we had two balconies for that first property. Couldn't use them either one of the days. Uh, because that Coati basically he lives there. He owns clearly uh, that 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 balcony and that room. I guess I don't know, but um, not happy about that. Uh, the fact that I couldn't use the balcony at all. But you know, try not to complain. Try to you know stay positive. And you know, it's it's it's, it's Mexico. Right. Um, you were the he, you were the stranger in his home. Just remember that. That's basically how that how that went. And so that's basically the biggest lesson or thing that I would take away from my first ever uh, trip to to Mexico proper, because we've been to Mexico before to Cozumel, but that was as part of a cruise. So we jumped off a boat for three hours and went back on. So that almost doesn't count. Um, but this was actually in Mexico. This wasn't part of a cruise. And so I would say that going inside Mexico, it's, at least in Cancun, don't know how it is in all the other parts, but Coates. Uh, animals that have very long tails and uh, pretty big bodies and pretty long claws. Uh, yeah, they're there. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to be uh, something that the, the whatever property you stay at, they're not going to really try to get rid of them or shoo them away. They're, they're part of the, they're part of the property. They're part of the country. And what was really funny was the second property we go to after that three nights again, uh, uh, the, the grand and moon palace, that's even more spread. That's the one that you saw the pictures of. Uh, yeah. That's more of a, of a grander place. And, and the, the property was even bigger and, you know, much larger, much more land. Both of the properties were huge. You had to take, you know, golf carts that were driving around day and night. You had to, hop on one of those if you wanted to get to like the restaurants on either one of those. So that's how big uh, both of those properties were. But the second one was even bigger. But the first like two days, we didn't see any coatees at all. And like, okay, maybe this is one of those properties that gets rid of those animals or does something with them. And there were signs um, across the way uh, in that second property that actually was warning uh, about alligators. And we're like, oh. that's probably where the coatees are. <laughs> the, the alligators probably take care of the coatees. Thankfully, we didn't see any alligators uh, on this trip at all. But that third night at uh, the Grand Moon Palace, coatees are nocturnal animals. So we get out there, 7, 7.30 at, at night, trying to catch one of these uh, golf carts to go into the restaurants and just families, just, just coatees everywhere, just all over the damn place. And then we're like, what? where'd these come from? We didn't see. Well, I guess what happened was those first two nights, we were so tired, we didn't get out like right at the uh, the sunset to go to our, our dinners. We waited a little longer, maybe around 8, 8, 9 o'clock. So we never saw any coatees, but that third night, they were everywhere. <laughs> Like in the road, like the golf car almost ran over one of them because he was just laying there. Like this is their house. This is what they do, and and so the, that was their house too. The first one was their house. The coatees are a thing. If you don't know about them, believe me, they're there and they're not going anywhere. So that's just something you have to deal with. I pretty much don't have any complaints about any other parts 
uh, of the trip, except for the Coates, because it was something I wasn't expecting. But, uh, you know, it's a thing. Um, but, yeah, as far as the rest of the uh, the, the trip, um, it, it was it was excellent. Uh, like I said, Valentin Imperial Maya was uh, the first that we stayed at. And, like, if I was giving my star ratings that – was like four stars. Like I was very impre- impressed. Uh, it was clean. It was uh, the service. I think was my favorite part uh, of the trip for both places. That uh, they really gave you. They, they were both all inclusive resorts. I should point that out. Very very important uh, because you don't have to worry about any meals. Your dinners, your lunches, your breakfasts are all taken care of. If you want to go to the buffets, you can do that. If you want to go. If you want to order room service, that's part of it. That's taken care of. Um, of course, you'd be you know want to be nice and tip anyway, but the tips are supposed to be included as part of the fees as well. Um, the the alcohol is free. There's the mini bars. I've never been in a place where the mini bar was free that you could just open up and whatever is is something you can uh, take uh, and, and drink there or take with whatever you want to do. It's yours. Um, that was uh, very impressive. That was awesome. I found myself enjoying a, a midday uh, cerveza a couple of times, and I don't even like alcohol. <laughs> I was just getting off on the fact that I could drink a you know a when in Rome in the middle of the day. Exactly, exactly, uh, uh, and so much other harder stuff, especially in that second resort in the uh, Grand and Moon Palace. There's like four bottles of, of good stuff like bolted to the, to the wall. Like I've never seen anything like that because you have, I thought about it afterwards. You have to bolt it to the wall because otherwise people just go in there and just take the bottles and run. And just never, uh, you never have enough alcohol because people just take the bottles and leave. But uh, there's bottles uh, bolted up to the wall and you can turn them up and, and drink uh, to your heart's content. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's it's a it's a different experience. I've never been in a place that's uh, all inclusive like that. So the fact that uh, you can just order whatever you want from the room service, and also um, very important that I was sort of expecting to get you know sort of gouged at some point because I'm just used to any place in America that offers you something uh, that's supposed to be great and free or whatever. There's always a whole bunch of stuff. Well, if you want to pay extra, you can get this, this, and this, and this. And it really wasn't like that here. There, it's not like there was a second menu of all this stuff that you could, uh, if you wanted to pay an extra price, you could get. There was like a lobster dinner for like fifty dollars if you wanted to buy that. That's it. Everything else, if you didn't want, if you didn't, if you didn't want to get that, you can just, you know, get whatever other food, anything else, salmon, steak, you know, you name it, all sorts of different themes to the restaurants, uh, whether it's Asian, whether it's Mexican, uh, Italian, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it, it's all there for you. What, you know, you just have to get up and walk to uh, the areas where there's, they're driving around in the golf carts, and then they'll take you to the main lobby area. And then from there, you can walk to whatever restaurant you want to go to. And, and the restaurants are kind of spread out, so you might still have to do a little bit of traveling to get to the one that you want to go to, but uh, everything is pretty much centralized there. It's almost like going into a village, and, uh, you know, there's a main area where there's a, the bar is set up, and there's entertainment, and, you know, some singing and some music and DJs and stuff like that. And then from there, you go to whatever restaurant you want. Very classy, very nicely done, very clean. Uh, the 
this was like I said was was excellent. Uh, like the the first day uh, after we got there, we had left to go to breakfast, and we came back. They were in the in the middle of cleaning our room, so we stood outside um, for about whatever twenty minutes, and then they finish up, and then we tried to go into our room after they finished up, and we couldn't get in the whatever the the key wasn't working. And I guess there, maybe there's something that they do to the uh, locks while they're cleaning a room so that nobody can walk in on them while they're working. Because we told the, the lady, hey, our key's not working. And she goes, oh, you know, one second. And she takes off and literally runs down the hall to wow. get something and runs back to to make our lock work the right way. And then it worked fine for the rest of the trip. So, yeah, they really – uh, hustle. They really make sure that the the, the service was great. Uh, another part of it that I was impressed by, and they did this as well at uh, the, the Grand and Moon Palace. And it's a small thing, but I was impressed with it. You call whatever service you're you're trying to get. Um, almost always was food. But one time I did call for a Grand and Moon Palace. You could order a new pillow. You can order a new type of pillow. Uh, you could order foam pillow. You can order a pillow that had some fragrance in it. Uh, something like that. So I wanted a, a foam pillow, so I ordered that for room service. And no matter what you order, whether it was food or whatever other service, they get to the door, they knock on the door or whatever, because um, Grand and Moon Palace actually had doorbells on each door, which was interesting. Um, but whether or, or rang the bell, you open the door, and they say their hellos, hola, hola, and they ask, may I come in? They don't just um, uh, assume that they can just burst right in when you open the door for them. And I like that a lot. That's that's a small bit of service that indicates that, hey, we, we're still going to have our manners. Uh, just because you open the door doesn't mean everybody is, is decent and proper. Uh, we're going to wait to be invited in by you. And, and both places did that, and I really liked that. That was a, that was a nice little touch. Um, and it's just a, an indication of the type of service that both places uh, offered. Like I said, top-notch. Uh, really don't have too many complaints about either place. Um, the only thing about the Grand and Moon Palace is we're trying to get really uh, technical and fancy. They had a some sort of button that they delivered with your room service, and they told us when we're through with our room service, when we're through with our food, uh, to push this electronic button, and it lit up, and that would indicate to them that they can now come back and take your dishes, and that you're done with your your, your lunch or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Well, the two times that they gave us the button, the Saturday they didn't get the button, uh, but Friday and Sunday they did. And both times we pushed it, they never did come back for the for the dishes. So, uh, it, it would have been nice if they would have actually uh, uh, lived up to that button. But other than that, really can't complain about the uh, service on either place. Would have liked to have known what the balcony was like in the first place. Uh, but really, you know, the Dakotas owned that, that particular none of the meals were bad at all. None of them were anywhere near bad. Uh, the, the snacks were better at the, uh, at the Grand and Moon Palace because the snack bar or, uh, you know, your mini bar at the uh, Valentin Imperial, that was kind of lacking. That was like one, that was like a couple of bags of peckips and, uh, and like some fruit. And that was basically your, your snack bars. Uh, at the at the Valentin, at the Grand and Moon Palace, uh, you had some chips. You also had some peanuts. 
You had some Oreos. You also had some other uh, sweet snacks. Um, and both, like I said, both places were stocked with plenty of uh, water and, and soda and beers um, and whatever you wanted. Um, but yeah, uh, the only other thing I would complain about the trip is the humidity. Whew. That was another first. I'd never been in a place where the high temperature every day was like 89 or 90 and the low was like 80. <laughs> it did not cool off. It just did not ever get cool the entire time we were down there. But I was looking at the uh, the weather, you know, on weather.com for that whole week leading up, and I thought it was going to be thunderstorms and raining all week. And it really hardly ever rained. It did rain a few times, but most of those six – days that we were down there was hot and sunny and humid and very humid. And yeah. the, the, the drivers are like laughing. Oh, humid down there. You're not used to that. <laughs> They're laughing at us basically. Like, yeah, we're not used to that. <laughs> you're from, you're from Memphis. It's humid down there. It's not this humid. It's not fucking 80 degrees at night humid. That was, uh, that was new. That was not something I'm used to. And we were basically drenched in sweat every time we had to go outside. Um, that was that was awful, but you know it is what it is. It's it's you know you Mexico go down, and I mean, but that's the whole. But you got to go to the beach, right? You got to go down by the water, get the ocean breeze. Uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> it would have been some uh, some effort for us to, to get the. Uh, like the be- the first resort, the beach was like far away. Like it would have. Oh, been, okay. Yeah, it would have been so a while for us like, to make these it These weren't like beachfront resorts? Yeah, well, they were, but like the area is where the beach is is not exactly near our room. So we would have had to hop on, a, you know, one or two different golf carts and make it over there. We just didn't make the effort to do that. But we did get in the pool uh, at, the, at the first and the second resort. Um, and the second resort, the beach happened to be close by. We just kind of forgot because we were so uh, – interested in, in just hanging out in the pool and enjoying ourselves that day on Sunday. Uh, and that was uh, a weird situation as well, because apparently uh, we're not, you know, we're, we're not swimming pool experts. We don't know these things. I guess when the pool water is more on the side of green than blue, you probably shouldn't get in it. I, I didn't know. She didn't know. We didn't. Ah, and and not only that, but there was someone in the pools in in the pool at the time. So we get to the swimming pool on Sunday at the uh, Grand and Moon Palace, and there's like a couple of different really clear blue pools. And I actually pictured one of them because that's how pretty it was. Like how blue is this pool? But there were people in those pools. Not a whole lot of people, but there were people. And then on the right side, there's the, the big sport pool with a big volleyball net in in the middle of it. And there were a couple of people at uh, at the end where the mini bar is, with the where the swim up bar is, uh, not the mini bar, um, but the, where the swim up bar is. There was a there was a couple over there, so it's not like there was nobody in that pool. So we walked all the way down to the other end of that pool, and we got in that pool. By that time, those other people had, I think had left, but we're just you know standing around in that pool you know we didn't it's not like we were doing laps or or, or slurping it up or anything like that we we're just lounging in that pool and you know three minutes go by 60 minutes go by people walk by at one point somebody walked by and said oh you got the big pool all to yourself and you know yeah we're like i wonder why nobody wants to come in this pool with us something wrong with us i don't know 
Finally, some lady walks by and just says out loud, I wouldn't be in that pool if I were you. And we're like, huh? What, what oh, okay. That pool's all green. You see these other pools over here that are nice and blue? That one's not really blue. It's more like a green. I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm just saying, I wouldn't be in that pool if I were you. And then she walks away. And my wife and I look at each other and immediately kind of, you know, I think we've all been in that situation where, you know, you're in the mood for something and then something happens and you're not in the mood for something anymore. So we just got up and got out of that pool at that point because we didn't really feel like being in that pool anymore because it seemed like it's not a pool that we should be in. But our thing is nobody told us we were not supposed to get in that pool if there was something really wrong with it. There's pe- There's workers around there. Uh, like I said, there's people at the, the walk-up bar. They were standing there the whole time. Nobody said that we shouldn't be in it. In fact, somebody walked up that point and asked us, did we want to drink? Like, nobody at all indicated to us we shouldn't be in that pool. However, we do have to admit, it did not look as blue and pretty as the other pool. So maybe there was a reason for that. All I know is it's been three days that we've been home since then, and we haven't turned green or, you know, have had any major health issues. So apparently we're all good, but... Yeah, next time we'll definitely choose the the bluer of the pools. <laughs> yeah, I know we had an issue with my daughter uh, when we went down to a pool. We were in Chicago, out out in the suburbs, and all of a sudden her hair turned green oh. from the pool. Yeah. Well, that's, so, uh, that's that. kind of what the just yeah, that's what some of the comments were. Yeah, it was probably the chemical balance was off, or it was overchlorinated, and. Yeah, well, yeah, you haven't people thrown were... any extra appendages or anything. You're you're okay. <laughs> right. People were saying uh, algae was uh, oh, the issue, okay. and we're saying it's probably is not something to be that concerned with. Just a good shower to get rid of that. And uh, yeah, but yeah, we didn't even know that much about. I I didn't. I don't go into pools. I don't even know how to swim, honestly. So I, how would I know? Uh, as you know, I never got in the pool uh, in, in our high school, even though it was mandatory. That's right. You always had a doctor note from Dr. MD. That's right. <laughs> I don't know anything about pools. So now I know. Uh, uh, yeah, that's basically uh, that's basically the truth. Uh, you know, any other uh, questions or uh, thoughts about the resorts themselves, if I could give the, uh, the cheap plug for my wife, uh, com. That's uh, the site to go to. She's the uh, travel agent. She's got the experience with these two resorts now. She can tell you anything you w- would want to know about them and uh, many other resorts as well that she hasn't been to, but she can certainly give you the hookup on some of those. And yeah, we're, looks like we're going right back to, uh, to some cruise. I don't know if it's going to be uh or some other part of the Caribbean, but there's some other free cruise that she's got that's set up for. We have to take it by like next March, and oh. that's not counting that's not counting the uh, cruise that we've got uh, still in plan for our 10 uh, year anniversary coming up in the middle of October, uh, which is going to be another show that I'll be out of town for that. Uh, so the, kids will love the it. They'll be, se- yeah. they'll be seasoned veterans then. See, <laughs> does that mean they'll be able to talk more football? Probably not. <laughs> I didn't think so. I mean, I remember when they were watching the game, and I think the Bucks were playing, and they, uh, my son called them the Boneface Thingies. <laughs> that's a better name than the Buccaneers. That, that's, that should yeah. be their name. That's cool. Yeah. New Washington football team name. 
Washington boneface thingies. The boneface thingies. Uh, so you mentioned it about the food and the cuisine and, and, yeah. and, the, and the mix of what they had. And I, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to Mexico, I'm probably eating Mexican food every meal. Good. But uh, these being, you know, pretty high class, yeah, high you know, know. quality resorts, they actually did all the other type of meals excellently as well. Okay. Because uh, we had Mexican at both places, but, you know, two of the three nights we had something other than Mexican because we didn't want to have Mexican every single night. But everything else, everything did was, was, was great. The French restaurant at Valentin Imperial, I'm looking at my own Facebook now. Um, I remember this night now. It was the last night that we were at the Valentin Imperial, and I wanted to go to the steakhouse that night because I wanted um, surf and turf because they've been talking about how good their surf and turf is. Yeah, seafood well, too. Yeah, yeah, being down there uh, at the at the sea, at sea level, obviously you want to try their seafood. Um, but we were told that for some reason there's uh, like a restaurant each night is closed almost randomly at Valentin Imperial. And that night that we wanted to go happened to be the night that the steakhouse was closed. And I'm like, okay, that's fine to do that. I don't quite understand it, but have that listed somewhere. Have it where you know that one night this is closed and then the next night this is closed. They didn't really have, they didn't make that clear. So we didn't have any idea. Like have a schedule? Right. Posted for, for the customers to actually see. So we decided to go to the French restaurant for the uh, third night, and I'm looking down the menu, and I go, oh, let's see. Salmon uh, grilled up with a Chardonnay sauce. Ooh, filet mignon with a burgundy wine sauce. Guess what? Sounds like you got your steak. You got your surf and turf. I have my surf and turf anyway at the French restaurant. (laughs) But that's my point, is that no matter what cuisine you choose, you're going to find something really good, and it's going to be done and really well. And all included, There's, so you, you paid nothing for that, that steak I, and salmon. I Extra. paid absolutely nothing for, for any of these meals, for any of do you, them. Do you tip your wait staff, or is that all included? Yeah. The, well, okay, the tips are included, but my wife was uh, telling me about the sort of the tip schedule for all-inclusive places that it's all, you know, not mandatory, but this is a suggested uh, tip schedule for uh, places that are all-inclusive like that. So for dinners, um, I left them it's supposed to be about $5 per person uh, to leave as a tip. For, for breakfast, it would be like $3 per person. For the room service, uh, she told me to five on the pillow every day for that. And uh, for anything that would be served to you, like if you're sitting at poolside and, they, and someone brings you a cocktail, uh, tip them a couple of dollars for that. They bring you a soft drink, tip them a dollar for, yeah. for that or something well, like that. Well, you also, you tip them, they, they, they keep coming back. Right. I'm sure they'll be more likely to service you if, you, if you're tipping them and, and making sure that you're taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and being... Um, a good point of bringing that up uh, leads me into the currency situation, which is being all-inclusive resorts, uh, they accept, like, American money, of course, because a whole lot of those people over there were Americans that I could see. Almost all of them were uh, American. In fact, if I'm just judging by uh, not just looks, but, you know, hearing them have conversations and stuff, there's hardly anybody over there 
an American. So that was something where I'm leaving, you know, American dollars uh, for, for these tips for, for these resorts. But uh, to be out and about, to be driven from the airport to the resort by the uh, services that she was was uh, reserving for us, those were to be suggested to be tipped in peso. So I did actually stop when we landed at the uh, – there's a currency exchange at the airport, and I did change some money into peso. So that's where I got to experience what you were joking with, uh, to me about, <laughs> that you're uh, a, a one-percenter as soon as you <laughs> – as soon as you uh, turn, change your money into pesos, because uh, sure enough, I did give her fifty dollars, and she throws you know nine hundred pesos at me or something. I'm like, oh hell yeah, it's party time! Uh, <laughs> but of course, they know what that's worth and, and what it's not worth. Yeah. And what was really uh, interesting about that was that she was trying big bills at me. She threw like four two hundred peso bills at me and a and a one hundred peso bill, and I'm like, um, can you break this up, please? Yeah. And I tried to give her all, you know, all four of the 200 peso bills to break up. And she threw two of them back at me. Like she refused to give me change for all four of those 200 peso bills, but she did give me change for two of them. I don't quite understand why she couldn't give me change for all of them, but that's, uh, you know, kind of easy to keep track of that um, as far as what, how much that money meant. Basically, a peso is about, uh, or a dollar is about 20 pesos, basically. Yeah. So tipping the cabbie, or uh, not a cabbie, but it was a driving service, but, you know, to tip him $5, I put 100 pesos in his hand. I really felt like a big spender then. Um, but Five whole yeah, dollars? Whoa, you hey, shouldn't have. Well, but it's 100 pesos. So I'm thinking, you know, man, this is a lot yeah. of money. He's probably thinking cheap American. <laughs> right. Cheap um, gringo. That's right. And that leads me to another point, which is my wife had already arranged the transportation service before we even got there. And she said it was because she had read and heard that they'll try to come at you get off the plane uh, trying to get you to go with, with – there's a whole bunch of people trying to get you to go with them – to whatever to use their service, their cab service, or their driving service, or whatever, but don't do that because a lot of them will try to take you places other than where you're trying to go, or they'll take you to your place, but it'll be a very circuitous route, and you'll wind up paying a lot more than you want. Or some of them will just take you somewhere else, trying to get you into like a timeshare oh. or try to sell you something like that. Oh, and well, she you'll wasn't... end up being like human trafficked. Well, then no one's trafficking me. Trust me. But uh, she was 100% right about them just accosting you as soon as you get off the plane because they are all over. Hey, you you need a ride over here? You need where you going? You, well, we got. It was unbelievable. It, was, it had to be a dozen people that uh, approached us from the time. So we, they don't just have a bus that goes to the resort. No, that uh, that would be nice, but no, that's not how that works. And these and and it's not surprising. These resorts are so big and so sprawl, so spread out and so sprawled out. Yeah. If they had transportation at the airport to bring people to the to their uh, resort, there that's all they would be doing all day is driving people back and forth from the resort to the airport because well, it's yeah. so. <laughs> uh, but no, they, that's not how it works down there. That's not what they do. They. Uh, all right. They got to keep the the low, the cabbies and the the like your I guess your Uber type guys 
Got to keep them fed. You know, it was, it, was, it was a driving service that she researched and, and found out that they were, you know, good quality and whatnot. And then even that didn't go 100% great because I don't want to talk about the stereotype about Mexican drivers, but, man, this dude that drove us from the airport to the first resort, he was going crazy, swerving in and out. And at one point, we hear a, a bang and my, both of my knees crash into the into the seat in front of me, and I'm like, I looked over at, her, at my wife, and she looked at me, and we're both thinking the same thing, like we just hit something. And nobody did anything. He kept going, and the people in front of him kept going. He, he had to have hit the person in front of us because the way we stopped, and the way my knees hit the seat, we hit something. That wasn't just him breaking hard, dude somebody in front of him and kept going and the person in front of him kept going and nobody really did oh. anything about it or he didn't he didn't acknowledge it or anything like that yeah dude hit somebody and just kept on kept, kept on going so were these, was it were these uh nice nice cars because i've got this like stereotypical image in my mind of what the car looks like <laughs> they'd be driving you in like from the movies <laughs> like what you would think <laughs> A lot of the cars on the road were not new. Yeah, I um, think they all kind of look like, uh, you know, like these old Chevy Chevelles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're not off on on that stereotype. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, for the for the other cars that were out there, for the car that he probably hit, it, it probably was like a you know seventy eight. Now, what about the car you were in? Uh, that was a van. That was a decent looking. Oh, okay. it, didn't, it, did, it did not look like it was a crash test van. It was a nice looking van. <laughs> um, the, the AC worked. It was. Uh, I, I won't say it was brand new, but it, it looked nice. It was fine. Yeah. So um, for all the but, eighty degree nights, your rooms were air conditioned. The Valentine Imperial Maya was not as well air conditioned as the room that we had at. The uh, Grand at Moon Palace. Um, that was not uh, the the Valentin Imperial Maya was definitely not that well air conditioned. We there's there's a button over there. I had no idea what kind of of degree system they were trying to use because they were acting like it was Celsius. I believe it said C on the wall, but it, then it also said sixty. That doesn't work. Sixty degrees. Celsius. Uh, no, not what we <laughs> that was not what the room was on because that no, would that'd, be that'd be like 130 degrees. So that was not correct, but it wasn't 60 degrees Fahrenheit either because that was because we had it on as low as it would go, and 60 was as low as it would go, and it wasn't 60 degrees in that room because it was still hot. So yeah, that that AC was not working well. So then, um, Grand and Moon Palace, that was actually Celsius because that was on 22 when we got there, and I put it down to 20, and that's where it stayed the entire uh, three days that we were there, and it was much better, uh, much much cooler than whatever that was at Valentin Imperial Maya. So, yeah, the AC is uh, might be something that is is an issue to where you go, but can't recommend it highly enough at uh, the Grand and Moon Palace. The, the AC was perfect there. The room was a little nicer too, a little bigger, had an in-room whirlpool, uh, jacuzzi. Uh, can't can't say anything bad about that room. And according to my wife, it was probably the cheapest room on the property. So apparently it can get a lot better too. Wow. 
Yep. Yeah, my wife showed that was the place that we saw the pictures from. And my wife, uh, mm-hmm. she's you know screen capped a few of them and, and texted them to me, and she's like, "Oh, look at this! We should do something like this." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I'm imagining. I was. Uh, I think I mentioned it to uh, to my wife because uh, that was while we were on the trip. Is when your wife was commenting on our stuff and saying, uh, "We really got to go down there." And I'm thinking to myself. There's a few elements that Jason's not going to want to uh, experience uh, in order to come down here. First of all, there's the plane flight, which is long. Um, second of all, is the heat because you don't like the heat at all. And this is well, this I'm not, not made, just I'm heat. not made this, for the heat. That, that's what I've heard. Um, so, and this isn't just heat heat. This is like all day, all night heat. There's no relief heat. You get used to it, right? It, it cooled off. It wasn't that we got used to it. It, uh, it rained like Thursday or Friday, and that definitely cooled things off. I know it had to cool things off because we would walk outside to go to a breakfast buffet or something, and literally within three minutes, we'd be drenched in sweat. My wife's arms were sweating. My arms were sweating. I don't remember being somewhere so hot that my arms were sweating oh, before. It I've, was I, hot. I've had that. I had that, oh. but that was like a 105-degree day. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't quite that, but it was very, very humid. It was 90 with, with probably, you know, 190% humidity, something crazy like that. Oh. Um, so, yeah, that's not your your type of thing. Um, but if you if you can endure the, the flight and, and, and endure the heat, um, it's, it's certainly worth the uh, the treatment that you get, that's for sure. And the food is great. Yeah, I also well, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the weather's like there. I'm assuming it's probably that way all year long. I mean, I'm guessing they don't cool down I was, much. I was wondering what it would be like in July, and I, I hope it wouldn't be worse because if it is, oh my god. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the flights were interesting. That I'd never seen a plane take off and go that you know right as soon as we left Chicago to go to Cancun. We had to do Memphis to Chicago and then Chicago to Cancun. I'd never seen a plane go up and be, you know, 30 whatever thousand feet up within two minutes. Like, he wasn't fucking around. Like, we got a long way to go and we're going straight up and we're going over the clouds and we're not, you know, we're not playing any games. Uh, so, yeah, that's it's three hours from Chicago to Cancun. I'm sure there's Probably not I can a handle, direct flight I can from where you are hours. To, to Cancun. So you probably have to fly to Chicago and then do Chicago to Cancun. So, uh, yeah, uh, or it, Minneapolis or you know one of those. Yeah, yeah, it, it's probably the. I'm sure that's the longest flight I've ever done. But yeah, it, it wasn't torturous. You know, I had my iPod, so I, well, I yeah, made for, the time you flew out of Memphis, right? Straight there. Straight to Cancun. Yeah, or do you connect? No, we had to go Memphis uh, to Chicago. So you actually flew from Chicago Memphis to, to Chicago yep. to then fly to Cancun? Mm-hmm. We had to go up north to come back down south. We probably flew right back over our house uh, from Chicago. Wow. That seems kind of half-assed to me. It is, but since we're in Memphis, there's no Memphis to Cancun I, direct flights as far I as we guess. know. I'm surprised it wouldn't connect to, like, Dallas or... Um, originally, yeah, our original flight was to Houston, I believe. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, which they canceled because there was another oh, storm coming through down the, there at the time. Yeah, they they had the uh, they had that uh, tropical storm that just kind of like just dragged along the whole coast. Mm-hmm. 
That was right we, at that same time. So yeah, I'm looking right now at the average temperatures for Cancun. Um, yeah. So September, the average high is 90. <laughs> well, we were at average. That's the average high. The coldest month is January. The average high is 82. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Pack your down comforters and your oh my gosh and and your uh, fleece and flannel because yes. wow. 82 is the average high uh, in January. So that means if I was to ever go to Cancun, jumpsuit, I got to have it. All I know is if I'm ever going to Cancun, I'm going in December, (laughs) January, or February because the average high is in the low 80s and the average low is in the mid 60s. There you have it. There you go. It's not hurricane season. Again, we're not trying to get there in hurricane season. I can live with that. I I can live with 82 uh, every day for a high. Well, with that kind of humidity, though, believe me, it's, it doesn't uh, quite feel like 82. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's a, a dry January heat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep telling yourself that. Yeah, in the jungle. Uh, yeah, real fancy. Uh, both places gave you a, a drink just for showing up. You finally make it onto the property, and they walk up to you yeah. and uh, welcome. Here's your glass of champagne. Uh, they tell you, you know, you're home now for the next three days. This is your home, and, and they were right, and they they treated you like it. So yeah, I, uh, I remember my, uh, we we sent my uh, my sister and her husband when they had their tenth anniversary. So this is oh god, fifteen, sixteen years ago. Uh, me and my mom kicked in together and sent them uh, to Cozumel and okay. uh, Playa, del, Playa del Carmen, Cozumel, that area. So not too far away from where you were. And yeah. uh, I, I just I know they really enjoyed it. Uh, they had uh, they went to like one of those ex- on one of the excursions where you can go to the, like the Maya ruins and stuff. And yeah, yeah, they they had a they had a really good time down there. So. You know, that, that's all in that area. And every four or five years, a giant hurricane blows through, destroys everything, and then they just build right back up. They build it right back, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of weird to be, you know, to ride around in those cars and see some areas that just, like I said, every piece of grass and tree just all had the same blown back look. Like, ah, like they, they all look like they just, yeah. uh, the, now, they just it, got there. Is it like what I've heard where – you land and you're driving to the areas that you drive through to get to the resort are all like slum or has that gotten better? Not uh, where we went. We were along the, uh, whatever the highways were for both okay. uh, resorts. We never had to really leave the highway area that connected between the airport and the, and the freeways is we basically turned off the freeway and went, went yeah. right through the, through the, to the resorts. Ah, so it seems really fairly civilized. Definitely. Yeah, we yeah. really really didn't go through any of the neighborhoods. And you can tell flying in uh that the uh, the you know, you have the neighborhoods and then uh you, you see all the, you know, the dirt and the the housing and doesn't look too uh, impressive and then you start flying over the, you know, the uh seaside and the, the all the resorts over there and then everything looks like money, you know. All of a sudden you're like, "Oh, now I see where <laughs> I see where the resorts are now. They're, they're not back there, so I don't know what uh, resorts would be back where those other houses are. But they seem to have things pretty, uh, you know, segregated yeah. off as far as that goes. It's like back when uh, Tunica was in its day, right? Yeah, yeah. 
and, and when, when before before it is what it is now, where it's all right. abandoned, um, except for like the couple two three casinos that they're they're trying to still operate down there. But when that was in its day, I remember going. We were going to the you fly in and you land at the little tiny uh, Tunica Airport, and then you take the drive, and it's like, where did we? What trip are we on? Where? What did we do? Is this safe? And then all next thing you know, then you just cross over the highway, and then you boom, you're just in like tower hotels and the huge casinos, and you know and the streets even got cleaner. It's like, whoa, this is really weird. Yeah, we're from Chicago, though. We're used to segregation. It's a part of life. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, driving where down. Where to go and where not to go. I remember driving down to uh, your way one of the times before we had kids, and we stopped. There was a Casino Harris in Metropolis, Illinois, the home of Superman. And <laughs> as you're driving, we're getting there late because we had driven a long way because that's where we were stopping for the night, you know, from where we live all the way down to the very southern tip of Illinois. That's not a short ride. And we're driving through this the town of Metropolis, and it's just like boarded up windows. Everything is vacant, mm-hmm. nothing. And then all of it is dark. It's dingy, and, and it, it's just abandoned. And then all of a sudden, you just hit the, you just all of a sudden you drive through into the lights, and it's like, well, what did we just like teleport to another dimension? <laughs> because then it was all bright lights, and everything was like spotless and clean. And I mean, the casino itself was was, was gorgeous. Still, the most comfortable bed I've ever slept in in a hotel. Was that um, night? That was the best night of sleep I've ever gotten in a hotel. Was that was that night at that hotel in Metropolis? I don't know what they were using, what their mattresses were. Place was pretty new, um, but yeah, it was just really strange how the town it was like. It was literally built right next to a town that was just a, a failed Midwestern town. Interesting. Yeah. Nice casino though. I don't know if it's still there. I'm assuming it is. Casinos don't seem to be hurting. Uh, depending on where you are, like you said, Tunica, they had to a whole well, bunch of theirs, but that's man. Uh, a lot of that is uh, weather related because we had some big storms down here that just pretty much shut off everybody's you know, income yeah, flow. Yeah, didn't that whole uh, and didn't that whole complex flood out really bad at one point? Yeah, yeah, uh, all of all of those hotels and casinos. Uh, yeah. Not long after I moved down here, they had a really bad storm that that basically flooded not just there, but downtown Memphis as well. And some of those casinos recovered from that and some didn't. And then the ones that did recover, uh, some of those now are, you know, done with uh, COVID coming through. And, and I remember driving through Memphis uh, one time after one of the big Mississippi floods and, and that, uh, oh God, what is the island? The, the, with the Oh, Mud Island, yeah. Mud Island. Well, it, it wasn't Mud Island. It, it was uh, <laughs> under, it was mostly underwater. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a problem when you build. Uh, it's a problem when you build. Uh, you know, these expensive casino complexes on floodplains. Right. Yeah, any anything that you build on a river, uh, it's a risk. That's for sure. That's right. And then the you mentioned the comfortable bed, and that you know that's just a matter of everybody's uh, personal preference because that might be something else that people would wonder about is at these resorts where how how were the beds? Well. Uh, for me, the first place I uh, had uh, a bed that I was sleeping like a baby because the bed was so hard. But my ah. wife doesn't like a very hard bed, ah. so she she didn't take to it too well. Second place at the Moon, 
a little softer. It wasn't, you know, it was about, you know, medium. Uh, I didn't sleep very well on that because it wasn't as hard as I like, and my wife slept wonderful. So it's just a matter of your personal preference, I guess. All right. I, I, yeah, we're, we're we're done. I lost everything. I lost uh, my board, my outros, and everything. So that means we must be getting out of here. So we we basically did our sort of week two recap. It means our football party Saturday night is going to be uh, back to old school. The one hour just doing the picks. Is that right? Yeah, well, you know, it makes sense. That's why I wanted to kind of get it out of the way tonight, too, because you you didn't really see much. That's true. So now we got it out of the way. So it's not going to, you know, it doesn't have to so much be, not going to be really much of a football party if only one person was at the party. So this was, (laughs) this was more like I kind of got to get you filled back in on things. And, and, but you you know what, just, you still had your thoughts. I had a couple of thoughts that I cobbled together. It's also a good thing because now Saturday it won't be recap week two, then make our picks for week three, then I recap our uh, my trip to Mexico because that would have been a very long that. show. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a two-hour football party and then an hour yeah. of the trip. So, uh, You know what? Good call out of you. <laughs> Thank you. I figured let's get let's just knock this thing out. Good idea. Well, that that's not really everybody got whatever information they wanted out of uh, out of our football thoughts and out of my uh, Mexico trip. Uh, very fun. Once again, uh, can't compliment Cancun enough. Uh, at least those resorts that I stayed at. Uh, the and that people. was your first first time there. First time in Cancun. That's right. Okay. Um, first time seeing those animals too. That, that's a thing, folks. Guatemundi. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they are everywhere, and they are nocturnal. So don't be surprised when you go out to dinner and you, you got you got some company, you got some friends. <laughs> and you you didn't bother to to find out how friendly they are either. No, not was not going <laughs> going anywhere near them. And uh, there was a couple sitting there when that when we witnessed that one jump up on take the cake and start eating, and the woman and the other couple was talking about, oh yeah. First time I came down here, I didn't know anything about them too, and oh, I made a terrible mistake. She did okay. not expand on that, and that's all I needed to hear <laughs> to stay the hell away from those things. I, not that I was going near them anyway, but to hear her say that is like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, did not go out on the balcony, did not go anywhere near them things. No, uh, and and didn't really have a choice though. That that second uh, trip, like I said, it was like a, a pack of them. It was like fucking five or six there at the same time and, wow. and just roaming around so it's it, kind of hard to avoid them like i would have had to jump up on the bench in order to avoid them i wasn't going to do that but yeah they, they kind of seem to mind their own business at least so there's at least there's that uh but I, we were also told at the first hotel don't feed them well okay then yeah so love cancun uh, don't like the coatees but but <laughs> they're there. That's, that's all I can say. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, Saturday night, 9 p.m. Central, we will have our one-hour football party and have your picks for week three of this 18-week NFL season. We're just getting started. If you have reactions or overreactions to the first two weeks, that's understandable. That's human nature. But it's a long season to go. There's a lot of football left, even more. Than, than normal. Like I said, everywhere I turn, watching football uh, 
NFL Network or, or any games that are on NBC, they keep reminding you, longest season ever. So, and our picks, uh, our picks for tomorrow uh, will be on Twitter. And our picks for tomorrow will be up on Twitter. Although, I, although I I've kind of already got a sense of which way you're leading. <laughs> you already know where I'm And I'm going to tell you, I most likely concur. <laughs> if, I, if you're going the way I think you're going on this one, I'm not saying about lock of the week type stuff, but uh, yeah. yeah, this well, this looks looks like a mismatch, but I'll have to look at it a little deeper. But folks, this is coming from two men who are under 500 on the gear, so take that oh, for what it's worth. Oh, no. Don't remind <laughs> just, me. Just, just saying. Just saying. Don't remind me. No, no, no. I was, under, I was only under 500 for one week. I was 500 last week. Oh, is that how we're playing it now? Does that make sense? Can I use that twisted logic? Um, do whatever you got to do. Go with it. That's right. All right. So we will see you all 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern, Saturday night to make our picks for week three. And the Thursday night pick will be up tomorrow sometime in the afternoon on Twitter. All right. Uh, unless you got anything else, we're done. I am done. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been a much less detailed podcast. Good to be in the States. And we will talk to you all Saturday night. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.